0: Welcome to the best of Why Not Both, the podcast where we talk to people all about their multiple passions and uh, how they collide. For this episode, we picked clips from some of our wonderful past interviews with our awesome guests. This particular episode features Zola Jesus, Lauren Mayberry from Churches, and Kay Tempest. If you enjoy what you are hearing on these interview clips, you can head over to our show notes where you can find the full episode links so that you can listen to the full episodes. You can also come and hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB, the podcast on most major social media platforms. And without further ado, I hope that you enjoy our first clip. It is from Lauren from Churches.
1: I think it's interesting to look back on it with now there's the records out and we've had time to kind of reflect on it. Um, I don't even know if consciously at the time I thought about put, putting things into something. I just was grateful to have something something to do during the day and something that I could work on and obsess over that wasn't the news. and not being able to get to your family in an emergency situation and all the catastrophizing that that will involve. So it was helpful to have something else to be obsessively doing, which is maybe unhealthy in some ways, but I just, I do think when we're, especially for this record, because it was a lot more specific thematically than some of the previous stuff, there was potentially a lot of things you could research and really dig into and immerse yourself in. And I think that being able to put my brain in that space was very helpful and I think, in hindsight, when I look at it, I we definitely weren't writing about the pandemic necessarily. But I do think that post twenty twenty, I look at that as like it was a drawing of a line and under things, sort of, of mm-hmm. where the, where the band, especially creatively, where the band had been and where it was going. And I look at that and I'm like, well, the third, the, the fourth record from for me feels very different. Maybe not to you know, so it's not like a totally new sonic landscape, but in terms of the writing and what I wanted to do in it, it really felt to me at the time and looking back on it, like I just I'd reached my like, what's the point in doing this if you're not really doing it? Mm. If that makes sense? And I don't know. I feel like it is like even when we've been working on if if we've been working on new songs or I've been working on other things, it really feels like it flipped a switch in my brain somehow. Where I'm like, I don't know. That's not to say that anything I would do after this would be any any quote-unquote good in the subject, <laughs> objective manner, but I feel like it just really changed the way my brain was looking at it because oh. when you're on that juggernaut and it's like, put out a record every two years, here we go. This I is you, yeah. And there's a lot of voices around the project and what you're doing and la la la. And I don't know, I think it was really helpful to just be completely isolated by yourself and left to your own devices and then come up with something that is a bit, is different lyrically and it is different conceptually and be proud of that and I don't know I don't now I sound like I'm just reading pages out of the artist's way but like (laughs) I don't know I think it really when I look at that body of work I'm like okay not that I uh, dislike anything that came before that I just think it feels more fully realized and I'm like okay well that's the that's the standard then that's the barometer of what what to do and I don't know it was kind of helpful to think that something good came out of that time period it was a kind of strange one woman writers workshop writers retreat that I didn't intend to go on but I think it was very helpful in a way because I don't know previously I would have been like oh well synth pop lyrics shouldn't be this synth pop lyrics shouldn't be about that and there was a lot of time inside to reflect on things that had been happening around everyone at that time but also around the band Mm -hmm. for the last 10 years of it and 20, 20, I was 23 when I met Ian, 24 when we started the band, and I'm 34 now, so, like, that's a lot of, a very specific time period in your life, and I kind of felt like, I don't want to keep talking about the same things over and over and over again, and I don't think you should be talking about the same things at 33, 34, as you were in your early early 20s, Yeah. but it kind of felt like, to me, I look at that record as I'm like, okay, this is still, the def, definitive time to talk about all the things we've hinted at on certain churches records. And it's like, now we do it in this way through this lens. And, and not that it's a drawing of a line, but kind of, it feels like a drawing of a line under that time period. Cause there was the before of everything yes. for everybody. And then there's now and like, what do you, I kind of feel like, there's a lot I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this but I've been doing it already so sorry but there's a lot of stuff that I look on and I'm like look at I'm like you're really spending fucks on a lot of stuff that did not need to be have having fucks spent on them yeah and the post 2020 fucks I think should be different uh, in any part of your life and especially creatively so I'm like no yes I'm just trying to with you on that yes I'm trying to be my one woman writing workshop buddy because there's nobody else in here I'm like yes and we don't go back and we strive we strive for creative newness and whatever but and then I ask the cat I show the cat the like what do you think and then it eats the corner I'm like that's a no it's a no from her like it's a
0: no from her she just wants to snack on it
1: (laughs) or a hard yes because I suppose cats don't they don't know anything that's happening in my work at all but I feel like if they were gonna like a church's record they would want to eat it they would want to yeah I think so anything (laughs) they see in the building that they enjoy they automatically test with their mouth so I'm like all right and that you know cats are they're they're thought they're They've got darkness in them So maybe You know they're, they're secret little Assassin murderers That I, I tuck into A plushy bed At night Or whatever So maybe Screen violence Is the album for them I don't know
0: <laughs> It sounds like What you gave this record Is like all new Kind of What jumped in my mind Was like attention And then intention And I was like
1: Ooh oh. I was like That's what? the therapist there. The intention right? I didn't even think To describe it in that way But yeah I feel like once the like we had the title when we started and it's the first time we'd ever written the record with an album title in mind um Mm -hmm. and I think at the start of it I thought that the record was going to be more fully concept and written about external things and then after a few weeks it kind of became clearer that this is just going to be a like a landscape to project the stories on and then once that then I do feel like that set an intention and I think I can be really, really terrible at being overly critical of everything that I say and do. So <laughs> but I do think that with the setting the intention of when it comes to work and things like that and creative work, I do think you have to be a good self-editor. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this time at least it felt like there was a and knew what path we wanted to be on And what path I should be on So then the editing was about making sure That everything was as tight as possible That the imagery was as consistent as possible mm-hmm. And that's definitely different to self-editing I've done before where I've been like I don't know, is it simple enough? Will people like it enough? Should I make, is that not very pop enough? Like I don't, very pop enough That's not very good Is, <laughs> is that not pop enough? And like, especially when those things have been said Then yeah. you you internalize them and you're like oh is it supposed to be that is it supposed to be that I don't know and I think getting rid of the is it supposed to be question yeah it's important I feel like so much of the good things that came out of that record I was like well you're in charge of it is supposed to be and then you do the work to strive to get it to that place so
0: yeah that it's what you intend it to be because that's so hard mm-hmm. when people are talking about your creative work because mm-hmm. that, that definitely, I'm so glad that you said like, ah, I was in my like one woman writing intensive.
1: Yes. Um, I it, didn't sign up, but I ended up there. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were the one in a Miyazaki film where it's like, here you go. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> <your point now. laughs> um, but when you're writing, like if, I don't know about you, but like, if I'm thinking about how people are going to perceive it when I'm initially spitting out an idea, it just crushes that idea. Yep. All it's, of a sudden, I'm just like, it's all the external stuff, and it just goes,
1: Like, yeah, and it just, I feel like so much of it depends on how... I don't know how how your mental headspace is doing at that time, mm-hmm. and if you like the other day, I was sitting in front of the piano and I was like trying to write something, diddling about, it. and then I just went from zero to a hundred of like sitting trying to do something for about fifteen minutes, and then just head in my hands, uh, like teary eyed, being like I'll never write anything ever again. This is this is all so terrible. This is exactly what everybody must everybody probably in their deepest darkest thoughts thinks is that you don't do anything and then I was like hold on how did we (laughs) get what in the name is how did we get here and I was like oh you haven't exercised for two weeks you've been drinking a bunch of booze every night when you're watching tv and I was like oh Uh if like if I was taking better care of myself I would be like this is the process and some days you get something good and some days you don't and I'm sure nobody thinks that really and if they do think that why does that matter You can unpack it all. But in the moment, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The drama of it. I feel bad. My partner says that he's just stopped saying it to me because every time I can't quite get something as immediately as I want to get it I forget every experience that's gone before that of course of course and I'm the most I don't think I'm a dramatic person generally necessarily but when it comes to this I am the most like (laughs) movie like oh (laughs) I and I'm being like oh it's over I'll never write anything again it's not just this song it's everything it's not just this moment I and I'm going to disappoint everybody I can't and then when he tries to point out but you know, you said that last time. I'm like, this is not helpful. You're like, we this, is not. <laughs> last time. this isn't last time. This is this time. <laughs> yes. So no amount of like pragmatic common sense can help at that time. So now I think he kind of just leaves me to it and it's like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm like, he doesn't know anything. Exactly. And then about two hours later, I'm like, oh, I think I have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor guy. He's just, he thought, oh, I'll hang out with that. That girl in that indie band, that seems like a good idea. He did not know that they never know. he was they never know signing up for them. a little bag of baggage that's just going to be crying in different places around his house and then laughing maniacally about something. He doesn't know.
0: So. This is so deeply relatable.
1: I was we, like, feel, we feel feelings. It's not, I don't know. I've tried not to, but turns out we're stuck with this. So we just have to it's, muddle it's, through
0: It's a gift, all the feelings. Like what what did my partner say? Cause he's, he's an engineer and producer and like does, you know, he occasionally will like, he's really good at the, you know, that last 2% of a song where you're like stuck at the 98% and you're just like, I know it's almost done, but it's not quite done, but it's almost Mm. there, but I don't know what it needs. Do I need to subtract something? Do I need to, do I need to add? Do I need to, how do I ever finish? And like, (laughs) literally he's really good at that little, just like funk. Um, but like, whenever I am just angsty about something, he's like, do you need more you in the monitor? Like, do you need more oh. you, more you in the
1: monitor? <laughs> I'm like, No, there's far too much of me in all my monitors right now. <laughs> exactly. And like, that's how I know that I'm being like dramatic about something. He's like, do you want everyone else to turn down? Do you need more you?
2: <laughs> oh.
1: I mean, but very observant. Right? We're lucky to have people that can observe, support, let it happen. Ugh.
0: Yes. And yes, because occasionally he'll offer the things that he knows will often appease me, like my my velvet weighted blanket, um, my favorite snacks, or he's just like, oh, no, is, is she hungry?
1: <laughs> oh, that's very kind. I feel like I have to do. I do a lot of that to my to myself. I'll never without a snack in the bag at the studio. Oh, my God. And I'm like. Yes, I'm always like, does does baby does baby need to eat? Does <laughs> baby need to you have to I guess I suppose in a way this sounds really wanky, but I do think especially when you're trying to coax out creative stuff, you have to treat that like a like a, yes. a a huffy little baby or like What does baby need I don't well, know Because <laughs> like, yeah That feeling does baby at- need to read something To get No, nope. Do you want to watch something do you, wanna- do you need to go outside What do you need And <laughs> you're just waiting And I used to get I clearly do get stressed about it Otherwise the crying at the piano story Wouldn't have happened But um, I was reading the Nick Cave newsletter The Red, Red Hand Files And in that Somebody asked him About writer's block And He said that he used to Be fixated on the idea That the words Weren't coming but now he rather l- likes to look at it as that the words haven't arrived yet. And I I feel like 50-50, every time I read a book on like creative practices, I'm like half in, half like, come on now. But I definitely, I just, I think there's too much. Well, not not for everybody, but I think there's a lot of discussion of religion and spirituality in certain yeah. spaces around that, which I find a little difficult. But I'm definitely open to the idea of like, you know, You have to set yourself up to be in a certain space, and yeah, you know, if you're putting energy into something, then that you can't just expect the muse to hit you on the head as you're walking around. You have to, again, as you say, have intention to be seeking it or whatever. But I think Nick Cave's point was that he was like, well, it's all the work, it's all the process, Mm -hmm. like you setting up your creative day and doing a work day of that is setting yourself up to be able to receive the information when it comes you can't just keep like oh no it's not here yet it's not it's not happened yet it's not happening it's not coming but he's like they just haven't arrived and they will arrive when it's time for them to arrive I'm like how mindful but maybe he can say that because he's Nick Gave and they do always arrive for Nick Cave and that's the end yeah. the brain is like yeah but for yeah. him, it's will because he's Nick Cave.
0: Yes, it's that whole thing where we like grant so much more grace to other people, and then we're like, "But not for me. Like I'm the exception." There. No,
1: I am the one that should not be here, and everybody knows that. And I am the one who's only ever going to have this finite number of ideas, and then it's over. And then it's over, There's and everyone's cackling maniacally while exactly. they think about it. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think if anything, that gives way too much credence to your existence as if people care care that much about it you know what I mean like maybe you should just get on with it play (laughs) play play a bit more write a bit more and in a couple of days it'll probably be fine like
0: oh my god that feeling exactly of just like I love what you said about setting yourself up to receive and I love that you spoke to yourself as though you were like just a tiny ornery baby hedgehog
1: (laughs) I'm just like does baby need snack does baby want a book? Does like <laughs> you know? Like, does does is baby actually served by sitting in this room, slapping baby's on head, being like, "Why haven't you done it yet?" I'm like, I don't. I'm not saying that like if I just sit and watch endless episodes of like Gossip Girl, then lyrics come to like land in my lap because that's not true. But <laughs> there has to be like a balance between like yes. trying to seek it out and accepting that it's going to happen, especially with lyrics. I think. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like musically like there's so many more avenues you could go down every moment of the day like not that it means you can it's easy to write a good song musically but I think especially when you like there's a certain thing that you're trying to go for lyrically I think it takes sometimes it takes time and you'll be like walking down the street or in the shower or falling asleep and you're like no that's it (laughs) I have to wake up and get it at that point it's when you least expect it and also you
0: mentioned doing like research for it and that I found fascinating because I was like One, I was like, I'm a big nerd. I want to know what you were researching because a lot of (laughs) research. I was like, and then I was like, it's so interesting that then it tied into your narrative. And then the third part, that part that like popped in my head, I was just like, how did that then connect when you were like running it by your bandmates? And so I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. what were the things? How did you connect? What happened when you brought it to people? I was
1: like, (laughs) Um, well, I think everyone, especially in the last few years, everyone's always been really open to the lyrics seeking a bit more of a personal bent, I guess just as time has gone on with the band and you know everybody grows as writers and I don't know I think it's always Church's lyrics have always been about finding the balance of like the kind of more abstract and the imagery which is kind of more what it was like at the beginning of the band and then it just feels like it's grown into a more focused lens I suppose as time has gone on and Mm. with this record um, all of us were huge horror fans but for different reasons I think and Mm -hmm. the guys definitely knew that there would be something in there for them to dig into sonically um but I think for me I kind of always knew that I wanted to use it as a way to tell a story that felt more female than what was initially the idea and I think once so I was looking at a lot of I got these books up here but there's like I got a lot of like um oh this here could sure do that. Yes, like the the teenage slasher movie book, and it goes through and it it goes through the different genres and the different time periods. But there was so many like film posters in it. So oh. as you can see, there is a recurring theme on a lot of these posters: nearly naked ladies in peril. You know, but then and then I started like do, doing a bit more like fan fan based reading and academic reading about yeah. w- women in horror and like feminist tropes and horror and feminine tropes and horror and how to and I think that's just because that's something I was interested in I wasn't even conscious that I want to use these things to write about my female experience but then as the song started to come out I was like oh no this is happening this is what's happening
0: next we have Zola Jesus
3: I grew up on the same land where I live now. So I grew up in on like 150 acres of woods in n- the middle of Wisconsin, like three hours from a, a city. Um, and it, so it was extremely isolating and I hated it. I was so excited to leave that I graduated when I was 16 and lo and behold, I came back The jokes on me, but, um, but I think it's because like, I, I I'm just drawn to, to being surrounded by trees using a lot of space feeling like for me the woods are like a buffer and I don't feel afraid of nature but I feel afraid of people like and so I think some people will go to the woods and be scared because they're very alone and they feel like oh something could happen where I'm like oh I'm away from the things that could hurt me like you know I feel very scared of people and because they're they're they have potential kind of to, to do great harm. But, um, but the woods is, it's, it's pretty benign, you know, it's, it's in some ways it's unforgiving, but everything's like, I, I just know what to expect, you know? And so it makes me feel safe and kind of neutralized.
0: That's a fascinating way to put it, because I wonder also when I think about going to the woods and I don't know if other people feel this way, I almost fear my own, uh, like, either what's inside of me, or I don't know how to put it, other than my own incompetence. Um, like, that I would fail to do something correctly and result. Right. Yeah. Um, but that might be because, like, I've never lived in an isolated place like that. And so it's like, I'm like, yep, my computer just restarted itself twice before even trying to start an interview. So I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know why people trust me with anything. Um, why, <laughs> why would I trust myself with this? <laughs> And so, Yeah. Yeah. Go
3: on. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. And I guess I'm just used to it because I grew up this way. So I'm just, I know what to expect, you know, in terms of like that in, um, in cities, I'm just, cause I'm not, I'm, I'm used to being like not surrounded by people that when I'm surrounded by people, I feel like I just pick up all their thoughts and fears and, and that energy just kind of like is, it suffocates me and overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. um and so there's different things right like I feel like whether you grew up in the city or the country wherever you feel more comfortable it's it's more just what you're used to and what you feel like you can navigate kind of um so yeah it comes easy for me
0: that's that's interesting that you're like oh the isolation and now you're like ah the isolation
3: yeah well (laughs) I know it when when the pandemic happened it made me realize how much I need people but uh you know A hermit needs to be called out of her hermit hole in order to share her wisdom. And so a part of, I think I need to be out in a part of the world as much as I need to be away from it. And so, um, again, balance, balance between the extremes is always the key. The two,
0: that's funny you say that, the two cards that I always keep on my altar and that I'm doing some art around are the hermit and the star, because I feel like they're very Oh, I love
3: those. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, I love that you drew that, like that pair of extremes. Cause I, I feel that in myself as well, that it's like, I, I, I need the hermitude. And then it's like, and now I've come to shine. Whoop, there I went. Okay, and we're hermiting again. And <laughs> yeah, we're back,
3: yeah. Yeah, my rewards for, being, for going out into the world and doing things and sharing, sharing things, my reward is always just be able to go back into my little hermitage and not see anyone <laughs> and be in my own space again. Definitely need both. Um, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, interesting.
0: And that's especially like in regards to creation, I, I feel that I am probably more similar to you in that way, where I find it interesting when, you know, I've talked to artists who are like, I love being around other artists and around community in that way. And that that's like what inspires them. And then there's artists that are like, I need to kind of like actually go to a quiet place energetically and physically and and tune into myself. And that's what inspires them. And I'm like, That's so interesting. Cause everyone talks about, Oh, well, how do you be creative? And I'm like, I don't think that there's like a a one ring to rule them all there.
3: Definitely not. And I think, you know, there's also extroverts and introverts like I'm very introverted and a lot of my inspiration comes from uh, like my inner life and, and, and stuff like that. Whereas I think maybe people that are more extroverted get inspired by their community, their, their friends and, and, that that sort of collaboration things like that where that's kind of harder for me um but yeah I know it, it. it's interesting when you realize that people create for every person that creates creates for a different reason that's unique to them which is why you can't try to force yourself to create in a way that works for someone else because that doesn't mean that that's what works for you and what you're meant to give you know
0: right right like <laughs> I was thinking of You know, even in the journey of this podcast, like talking to people about their creative process, but also like all the other things that inform that because that was the original conceit was I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a musician and I'm also a therapist and it's like so I'm in these two worlds. I'm curious if there are people who are in multiple worlds and how that kind of like informs their sense of self. And what I discovered was like, everyone's in multiple worlds. Um, So it was a really short-sighted thing that I was like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if people do more than one thing. Yes, Pam, they do. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just that there's no like one formula for it. And I love the way you phrase that, that it's like, everybody has their own process, but everyone also has their own impetus to do it. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no one thing. I heard something fascinating recently. One of my friends said, you know, they were like, try and see what it is that you can't walk away from. Cause if you can walk away from something, it probably isn't that important to you. And you should dedicate your energy to the things that you feel like you absolutely like can't walk away from. I was like, what mm-hmm. an interesting litmus test.
3: It's true. It's very true. And it'll reveal a lot about one's intentions or one's pa- like true passion.
0: Yeah. Like, cause even when you said like there are things that you had to deprioritize, like I was like, oh, I was curious, like, what did you? Like, what did you have to like go of in order to do that? Because that is like a, a purposeful choice to be like, all right, Baba Yaga in the woods. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, yeah.
3: Like, yeah. Well, I think I tried to um, when I was living in the cities, like I lived in LA for a while in Seattle and I really tried to go out and be like more extroverted and like go to parties and meet people and like do things and like go to shows and um but it was really unfulfilling for me and I felt extremely awkward and uncomfortable just going out because I'm just not I'm not like a social person in that way um mm-hmm. I'm actually I feel like I'm actively anti-social like I, I resist socializing <laughs> um <laughs> which is, you know, fine. It takes all kinds, but, um, but I felt like that's what I needed to do in order for like people to know who I was or to make friends or connections. Like networking is like a huge deal in the cities and a lot of people get a lot of connections by just going out and, you know, doing coke at weird parties at 3am in like New York or whatever but like (laughs) I just can't do that because that's just not who I am and so I guess I when I moved to the country I just made this I just made a choice in some ways to be like okay I'm not going to try to push myself to immerse myself in um like a social world that I don't feel like I belong to and that doesn't give me anything, and it, it actively exhausts me, right. um, and I, but I feel like I had to basically trade, you know, maybe a bit of exposure, opportunities, a lot, I've lost a lot of opportunities, because I was not in LA or New York, when I got offers to do things, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I had offers to, uh, like, s- lay down vocals for movie scores, and things like that, but they wanted me, like, in L.A. or in New York, and I just wasn't there. So, um, but I really had to prioritize what I needed for myself, for my mental health, for my spiritual health, um, and to have a more sustainable career for myself. Right, And that meant letting go of like this whole other aspect of being a musician or like a culture actor um, that like just didn't feel like it was working for me anyway
0: since we're not on camera you can't see that I was just nodding vigorously so I'm putting it in little like bracket text like vigorously. <laughs> yeah
3: it can be hard it can be hard and you feel like okay well this is what you're supposed to do like this is what everyone else is doing or like people say this will really help your career if you do this or go to this party or meet with these people and it's just it doesn't it doesn't bring anything good out of me so I'm just like yeah You know what? I can have an amazing career just following my own, my own gut and trusting in the creative process and trusting that what I make will speak for itself and that I don't need to like enmesh myself into society in order for that to happen.
0: Yes, and then then and then it's your path essentially. Like, yeah, you could do all those things, but would that be your path? It sounds like you just let go of stuff that like wasn't yours.
3: Totally. And I think that's why I just feel so much better than I did when I was doing that. And I felt like I wasn't able to be authentic because I was always feeling like I was performing. I always feel like I'm performing in social situations. Like it's exhausting because I just don't, you know, I don't know, introversion again, Um, social anxiety. But yeah
0: feel you on this uh neuro neuro introverts I'm like yes hi hello (laughs) Yeah, exactly
3: (laughs) um yeah but it's great it's great to be to be in a space where I feel like I can be liberated from all the things that I thought I had to be and to be able to just like embrace who I actually am and to be able to offer that authentically to the world without feeling like I need to be anything else it's cool
0: I love that i was like uh yes more of that more of that and i like how you said it's the future and it's the past i was just like yes yes like i i feel like especially when you said like the hegemonic kind of cultural aspects of being in a place like i don't know if you felt this way when you were in la or in seattle but it's like i feel like they're almost like like micro movements of music um and I've never really been like in one of them. I've observed a lot of them. And I feel like in some ways I get a free pass because I didn't come here like to be something. I just was born here. Um, mm-hmm. And so in some ways I I don't have some of the drive of people who have come here or the or like the motivation for being in LA for that reason. It's more like, yeah, it was, it's where I d- happened. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. I did choose to come back after college because like I... I do actively like the city and I wanted to like explore what it meant to be here as like not a child essentially like to be like oh what would it be like if I was here on purpose um Mm -hmm. but I've had it easy because like I knew everything here and I knew people here and my family's here and all this stuff so there's all these things I never had to prove but like it's interesting seeing like these little bubbles of of almost like there'll be like five bands that like all sound the same that are all playing the same venues that like everyone goes to but for like Six months to a year, and then like another group, like <laughs> of like the same sounding people that are like looking the same and, and sounding the same. And it's not that they sound bad, but it's just like yeah. these weird little bubbles of sameness. And it's like it'd be really hard to tune into like what your thing is if you don't fit into one of those bubbles.
3: Yeah, especially when like trend setting mostly happens in like New York and LA and stuff but like trends are a collective thing and so it's something that like becomes a connector between like a community of people and so yeah these micro movements it's like everyone's sort of dressing the same everyone's sort of like has the same ideology and you know and then it ends up everything feels really limited then like living in northern north central Wisconsin is like the most uh just culturally bankrupt place I could live I'm sorry sorry I'm so sorry to Wisconsin to live- <laughs> so sorry I'm so sorry to say that but it is true like you know but that's what I like about it it's not pretentious it's not trying it's not it's not you know and I, I love self-expression and all of that but like when things feel like like there's, a, there's an aspect of trend trendiness that like makes me really uncomfortable because it doesn't feel authentic. Like, it feels like, oh yeah, then the next micro movement comes and then those people change costumes into something else. And I'm just kind of like, I just don't feel comfortable around that sort of like constantly shifting environment of identity because my identity is something that I, I build over a long period of time of like self self-analysis and just, I come to conclusions about things um, but this seems to be constantly changing in a way where I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's real? Like, I don't know.
2: What the- yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know. It can be kind of like, um, like as sort of like, um, it's, it's very Hollywood, you know, it's like, it, it, yes. there's a there's a darkness to LA that I saw when I lived there that made me feel like I, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable necessarily always in certain environments. It's but
0: uh, very, uh, yeah, it's very much a city built on mythologies, and I didn't realize that until I went elsewhere. Um, that I came in, like, yeah. it's just built on storytelling, and I was like, wow, that's not what everywhere is. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, and you've got to have this, like, and because the
3: city is so big and there's so much potential like oh any day now you you know any any of these cool people could get plucked from obscurity and like they can be the next big thing or whatever in la you have a chance of doing that in wisconsin no one's gonna pluck me from nowhere like there's no <laughs> plucking happening no no, no worries here
0: Last, but certainly not least, we have K Tempest.
2: I suppose there's something to it because everybody is creative. Everybody has creativity. And everybody probably at some point uh, dreams of having a deeper access to their creativity if they're not able to live a life that um, enables them to do so. And I don't mean creativity like making art. I just mean the part of us all that is creative, which we all Mm. have. And And so there's some, if you're an artist, you're you have to expect to engage with that part of people because that that is where this all comes from you know
0: yeah there's there's almost I don't know how to describe it like aspirational is the wrong word for it I was like you as a wordsmith might have a word spring to mind but it's it's that reaction of when people you haven't seen for a while see you and they realize that you are an artist in the way of we've read the Yelp reviews of the dentist and, and they say things like, I wish I could do that or, oh, wow, you're so lucky or things like that. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a German word for it, for like the path that I didn't take that maybe I didn't even like, but I want to take anyway. Cause I saw someone else take.
2: <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's actually just a resonance about recognition and and then I would say also deeper beneath that, it's about engagement with the deeper register stuff of life. Which as artists, we that's that's our bread and butter. That's where we live. Like we live in that deeper register, and there is um, there is like a, a extreme joy in that place, and deep, deep, deep despair. And you know, this is where we live. Like this is our lives, and often it's not a choice. you, you there is nothing else. There's nothing else you can do. I I genuinely feel like if there was something else I could do, like I would I would do it. Like you know, this my side hustle. Like I would like that in some ways because it takes the pressure off it. But I I think that people's response in that way that you're saying of like oh you know you're so lucky or like I wish I could do that is probably about that that those deeper register feelings um, that we necessarily learn to numb ourselves from. Because to go into them when you don't have the space in your life to really process them or access them or use them in a creative way, it it can become exhausting. The numbness that we need in order to flourish and, and um be able to survive in our lives can actually become extremely exhausting. And then to face that, often it takes, you know, the reflection of another person's life in order to see our some desire in ourselves that we've stifled or frustrated but the reality of what it is to like, to really live in that place. uh, I think like, yeah, each life, all all lives are exhausting. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Yes, yes, I, he said something that really resonated of the, it's almost like the awareness of the numbness. It's like, once you become aware of the numbness, the numbness becomes a problem in a way, because if you're not aware that you're numb to things, well, you're numb to things. So you're like, all right, we're cruising along, we're treading water. But if all of a sudden you see someone swimming and you're like, hang on a minute, that's another, I could be swimming, then treading water bothers you. Whereas before, if you're just, you know, you're just doing your little froggy kick and hanging out and not drowning, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got this.
2: Yeah, but I I believe it's like it's a belief of mine that every single human being is is innately creative. That we we were created we 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 seek to create. Like this is this is the life force. Creativity is like it's life force. So if you think about that being the innate calling in a person to make of something, you know, maybe I, I mean maybe that isn't the case that's just what that's that's something that i feel because i because of who i've been around or the way that i grew up or like what i learned like from just being around people but in a lot of cases that the creativity is like stifled like literally like stamped down by life you know smothered strangled like made impossible so there's also all that going on you know when people are like oh wow you you make music like it's like a call from the soul, isn't it? Of like, yeah. you do the thing. Like, you live in that place, because I feel like everybody has that place. Everybody has the creativity, and it's like it doesn't. You don't have to be. I wrote a whole book about it on connection. I don't necessarily think you have to be engaged with like an artistic practice to feel your creativity or to access it. You, it's anything that absorbs you, takes your attention. It's any act of love. That is that is creativity. And, um, like life is like you know beautiful, absolutely extraordinary, and often relentless, cruel, like makes no sense, terrible things happen to people and like and yet this this spirit survives in people, this like ability to connect with other people's creative output and a desire to connect with your your own, so it's like it's one of the for me it's like the one of the deepest mysteries, and just mm like the profound beauty as well
0: you know I agree with you I have I've actually never met somebody who does not have an ounce of creativity in them and I think in some ways there are people who want to reside there some people it does like you said it gets stamped out of people and then there are some people that wouldn't actually want to live in the life of an artist because as you described there's a lot of extremes and some people actually don't want that and I'm like hmm, I respect it um But yeah, I don't know anybody, especially, I mean, I might, you know, have similar biases where it's like, I've worked with children throughout my life. Like I work as a therapist, I'm an artist. It's like, so I am surrounded by people who are like deep in the fields. But at the same time, I'm also friends with like, one of my good friends is an accountant. Uh, We don't usually think of accountants as very creative people, but his home is like filled with like stained glass and it's purple. And he painted his patio purple. He calls it the purple palace. Like he just went all in and like seeing that it's like, that's his creative expression where he decided to have the purplest house that was ever purple.
2: Hmm.
0: And I'm like, excellent. Like, I think everybody does have their thing. Like whatever that thing is, there is that thing in people that it's like, you can either express it, you know, in a way professionally, or you can express it like that. Like, it is really fun when I get to be like, Hey, do you want to go to the purple palace? Um, (laughs) and, and like you said, there's, there's this innate, innate thing. And I do wonder why in a way, like we want to stamp it out when it is the thing that often brings so much beauty to the world. I'm like, why do we do that to people? Could we maybe do less of that
2: perhaps? I think it's like it says a lot when you encounter somebody whose life has been like you know as hard as lives are, but that who has maintained a total dedication to their creativity or to, or to the or to practice of like some sort. Like for example, like someone in my mind, I'm thinking of an actor, like a deep, deep actor, dedicated to the craft. It's an impossible job to get into, like, you know, so much rejection. Her life has been, like, you know, a life, a, a very tough life, like, and yet she, what she receives from entering into stories of other people's lives, of thinking about how to take on character, of thinking about writing, she loves writing, like, she loves the the thing of like reading in text the expression of like these truths that are so evasive and then you you read it in a line and it just pins it right down you say this is what i've been saying that without being able to say it you know and it's like i feel like it's a bit of a it's a it's like it's a fallacy it's not true like we we mustn't believe the fact that like art or creativity is like this kind of privileged space for like I don't know certain people like that, that that know the lingo like the way that I have experienced creativity is this is like this is life-saving stuff this will transform a person's life if you've been in the gutter and everybody thinks that you should be dead and yet you've had this thing which is I don't know like a love for in this case the theater acting then that that's like you jump in that stream and you swim and it will take you like it will get you out like so I don't know like in my experience of growing up as well music it was it was so creative and everything else was so destructive and it was like Mm go go there go to that creative place because that's that's life that's what Mm -hmm. that's that's going to keep you alive like that's it like that is the point that's what I'm saying about it being the life force so like the people that I know that love music or that love poetry or that you know that have this yearning to connect with their creativity it's like they've escaped that thing of having it stamped out of them they're kind of they're like enigmas you know they, <laughs> haven't become bitter, they haven't become they have you know i don't know it's i have i've known a few people like that so my experience of it is that my belief is strong in the power of it because i've known i've seen a few examples of um yeah, like the epiphany
0: of what it means to have creativity. Well, hearing what you said about that, it's almost like music was like the light music was the thing that counteracted all the destructive forces. That's fascinating that it's like that you held on to that life raft and then it sounds like then like there was music and then it sounds like then there was writing and then there there was all these things that it sounds like once you were on that life raft, all these other, I was just like, life rafts of life rafts I was just like were they cool little buoys that like you hopped onto (laughs) it was like there was this you know (laughs) it sounds like it opened up this entire world of creation to you because you are creative in multiple spheres which I find really fascinating like that's another thing that for me at least I think is interesting is when people are like oh you can only be creative in this one way um that to me is kind of counterintuitive I was like well of course it makes sense that if you create in one way you're going to want to create in another way too like it's the same force it just takes on a different format Mm -hmm. um but yeah I was curious what that was like if music was like your start what opened up kind of the other avenues to you
2: well I was it was lyricism I began Mm -hmm. rhyming making I loved music and I thought I was I'm gonna, I was kind of making beats as a kid, I, before I started making my own lyrics, it was musical, my connection with creativity, and then when I, I was writing privately, I was writing and writing and writing, but it was private, it was just what I did to kind of pull myself back from the brink, it was like my, it was just this thing that I've always had since I was a kid that I, I would write. But I didn't associate that with anything that I, I would ever share with anybody. It was never mm-hmm. for anybody else. I never had a desire for it to be seen or read by anybody. And um, I was like, my, my kind of best friend, he was a drummer, and he we made beats together. I'd, like, sit around with him. And one day he just said, you know, you got to find your own thing. And I was like, what's my mm-hmm. own thing? Like, what, what, is it, what does that mean? Because I couldn't play like him or, I don't know, like... I suppose he was being generous in his spirit or so I don't know, I don't really know he it was probably for him it was just a throwaway comment but for me I really I took it on board and I thought well maybe this stuff that I do privately in my notebooks maybe that's my thing and it took a few months of me just just getting closer to the idea that actually I was going to start speaking these words
0: mm. and then
2: um yeah, I had lots of friends that were MCs and rhymed. They used to rhyme. And one day I just, it, it couldn't stay in anymore. I just, I started, I started speaking out loud. I started, I went to a few ciphers and events. And and so from that moment, probably the first time I ever rapped in front of an audience, um, I, I suddenly had a focus in my life that I hadn't had before. And I became obsessed, like deeply obsessed, fixated, there was nothing else, the rest of the world disappeared into creativity, into this thing, this rush of like the words that come out, what happens to the body, what happens to the mind, what happens to the room, and the musicality of language was, I was obsessive about it, I wanted to like, you know, I'd always been interested in lyrics and how they were constructed, I used to write down the lyrics from my favourite albums, my favourite rappers, and like, like look at the words on the page and think about how they related to each other and and then it took years of me doing that, of rhyming, thinking I was gonna, you know, I don't know what I wanted. I just it, it was an obsession. I started I was rapping. That was my thing. Mm. It wasn't until I was like 21 that I discovered this spoken word poetry thing because a friend took me to a slam and said, "Hey, if you do your lyrics without any music, you could win a hundred pounds." So like that's that. <laughs> I never took myself to be a poet. I never understood that that was what I was doing. But other people would tell me, "Hey, you're a poet." and I didn't understand it. But then I then I met a few poets, and I um. I started to consider myself that way. I started to think about what happens to the lyrics without music. Mm-hmm. Started to think about storytelling. And A couple of years later, somebody had seen me. You know, I was gigging all the time. It was I was I dedicated my life to it. I was doing four or five shows a weekend, and oh wow, yeah, yeah. I was busking. I was like, it was my life. I wanted it. I wanted it really, really bad. And um, somebody that was a a, a theatre director in a new writing theatre company approached me because of he'd seen me doing shows. And said, you know, I think that you're telling stories in your poems, in your rhymes. Like, I think that you should write a play. And he offered me a commission to to write a play. And that was the beginning of, that's a really long-winded answer, but that was the beginning of me understanding, um, through the application of struggle, uh, that actually my ideas could come out in different ways. Yeah. Yeah and that when i after i got through that process of writing my first play wasted everything changed my mind had just opened up like there was new there was like a new pathway and it was called dialogue and there was a new pathway and it was called plot and then there was like structure and and i've just been when once i realized that was the case suddenly it was like all the all of the gates had been taken away and there was just there was no boundary to it it was like the only boundary to the creativity were the the practical boundaries of form that mm-hmm. as an artist i became hungry for like what does this form do to the idea like what what is a scene like what is a poem what is a rhyme what is a song and then and then it was like i just had um an un- an unquenchable thirst really for like experimentation
0: and that's beautiful that someone uh... As you said, like sometimes we only recognize our experience when they're reflected in another person, whereas another person saw that saw that seedling in you and was like, oh, let's water that. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the best of why not both. If you like the interview clips that you heard, you can head over to our show notes where you can find the full interviews with our guests and take a listen to those. You can also join us on most social media platforms. We are at WNB The Podcast. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening platform. This allows other listeners to discover us. The more ratings we get, the more people get to hear us, which is very exciting and might be how you found our podcast. Thanks so much for the support and for tuning in.